Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, happy new year, all you leaders of learning. Welcome to the year 2018. I'm happy to be back with you for another episode. Episode 13 of the show is is kind of taking a step back. And uh, not that there's really any order specifically that the episodes have to come in. But of course, we like to talk on this show about educational leadership and how educational leadership can happen regardless of someone's role or title. And this episode that I'm extremely proud of and I'm, I'm very happy for you to listen to is all about building and maintaining strong relationships, strong relationships with the students that we work with in our schools and also, quite frankly, the other staff members and the other adults that we work with in our schools and uh, really across education in general. To me, building and maintaining strong relationships with students is just so important. And I'll share just a personal story real quick if I could. As a new teacher, I started out with very little to no classroom experience. Whatever experience I had came in the form of one year that I spent as a teacher's aide in Scarsdale, New York, which is a very affluent area. And the next year, with very little classroom experience, I was given my own classroom in the Bronx, New York, uh, so in the New York City school system, with a very different clientele, very different demographics, and I was, quite frankly, afraid that I would never be able to connect with these kinds of students, the ones that I would be working with in the Bronx, because they were so different from me. They weren't what I was used to. They weren't what I grew up with. And it was a struggle at first. You know, the first couple months of my first year of teaching were very difficult. But sure enough, I realized that the more investing I made into my students to getting to know them, to building and maintaining those strong relationships with them, sure enough, my teaching got easier. We had much better experiences in the classroom. And really, the teaching and learning experience just became way more positive. When I knew that I wanted to create an episode like this and take you, the listener, all the way back to what I consider to be step one of leadership, which is that relationship building piece, I sought out a friend of mine who I'm connected with on Twitter and especially on Voxer, and she and I share very similar ideas when it comes to education, and we have very similar experiences when it comes to education. So I reached out to my friend Ray Wood, and I'm very excited for you to hear what Ray has to say on this topic. Here's my interview with her. All right, I'm on with Ray Wood. Ray, thanks so much for joining me, first of all. And if you could just introduce yourself for everybody, that'd be awesome. Um, well, my name is Ray Wood, and currently I am a third grade teacher. Um, I have taught everything from second through fifth grade. Um, I do have national board certification, and I'm currently working on my doctoral dissertation. Um, and I've taught in the same district my whole career. Um, I'm just my 12th year. So it's really been exciting to go to different buildings and kind of see just how different things are, even though I'm in the same district. So I'm glad you mentioned that, and, and you and I have kind of, I guess, the same sort of path in terms of how long we've been doing this and that we've been in a few different schools, because I'm excited about talking to you about the, the topic or the theme for this episode, which is building relationships and maintaining relationships, because really, uh, in, in my opinion, it's like step one to any sort of leadership, whether it be in the classroom or at the school level, building level, whatever. 
actually, in fact, you're the only you're only the second full time classroom teacher I've had on as a guest on this show. Um, and so, first of all, I guess I wanted to back up, and I'm interested in how you would define teacher leadership. I think teacher leadership can have multiple definitions. For myself personally, it's having the opportunity to serve outside my classroom for the benefit of my school without leaving the classroom full time or compromising any of my classroom responsibilities. Being a leader in any capacity definitely adds a layer of responsibility to a person's workload. And I think those that are seeking these opportunities already know that going in and they welcome it. Some programs allow teachers to have some leave time such as a job share situation where they are a half-time teacher and a half-time leader in whatever capacity that leadership role is in. But for myself, I teach full-time, so all of my leadership work happens either alongside my classroom work or in addition to it. I knew this going in, so the extra responsibility doesn't bother me. My school is very unique in that my principal allows those of us on that leadership team to have a day, a month, where we are outside of our classroom. We have It's just like having a professional development. We have a day where we sit in the conference room, all of us together, and we talk about things like data, and we look at the entire school's data, or we talk about scheduling, we talk about the upcoming calendar programs, things that need to really be decided by more than one person, and those of us on that team get to help make those decisions because two brains are better than one, three brains are better than two, and so forth. I think that teacher leadership really provides teachers with an opportunity to use their voice and talents to serve beyond the four walls of their own classroom. And because we're able to do this, we're impacting so many more students every day because if someone takes one of my ideas back to their classroom, it's not only benefiting my students, it's also benefiting theirs. And the same works the other way. If they give me a great idea that they're using, then their students are benefiting and so are mine. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, you're actually still a practitioner and you're able to, you know, have your boots on the ground and and still literally just practice those those leadership skills. I think it's great, too, that you get that kind of release time, uh, even if it's just once a month to be able to work on stuff like that. Okay, so now let me ask you then. Uh, I already mentioned that to me, maintaining positive relationships with students and staff is always step one in leadership. So I guess I'm wondering if you'd agree with that. And then in your opinion, what advantages do you gain when you can do that really well? I would absolutely agree. I think that maintaining positive relationships with students and staff always has to be the first thing that a leader does. If you're a new leader and you're coming into a building that's had a situation that was not good and staff are feeling demoralized, you really shouldn't come in and try to do anything new. You should try to build relationships because that's at the heart of everything that needs to be done. So if you're a leader and you don't have those positive relationships, you're not going to get buy-in. You're not going to be able to get people on board with new programs or mandates that are coming down from central office because they're just going to be waiting for you to leave and the next big thing to come in. So you have to be willing to be transparent. You have to be genuine. You have to be reflective. The worst leaders I've worked with in my career are either total egomaniacs who think their way is the only way, or they are so insecure that they just micromanage everyone to the point that no one dares to do anything without prior approval. This doesn't build morale or boost confidence of teachers, and I think that that absolutely trickles down to our students. We're going to start micromanaging the children because we're being micromanaged ourselves. The advantages of maintaining positive relationships are numerous. I think the biggest one for me is that even when the times get tough, if the staff feels their leader is reflective, is transparent, and is genuine, they're going to be so much more willing to weather the storm than those who feel demoralized and unappreciated. If you have a leader who's truly 
working to build and maintain those relationships and making sure everybody feels like their voice is being heard and that they are appreciated. Their work is being accepted as is, and we're helping to build and grow our own. Those teachers aren't going to jump ship when things get difficult. They're going to stay and try to help work with the rest of the team to see how they can make improvements to whatever needs to be worked on. So I, I love a, a lot of the things that you said, but one of the things in particular that you said that really resonated with me was how leaders need to be genuine. And I think some of the things that you touched upon um, are really why I do this show and, and what my interests and passions are when it comes to leadership. For example, um, transformational leadership or servant leadership, where it's not just you and your ego, it's Let's make everyone a part of the process and, like you said, create that buy-in. So uh, I appreciate that answer, and I, I really uh, – man, that's, like, so deep. Anyway, uh, another question here. How do teachers build and maintain those kind of relationships with their students? So talking about actual classroom teachers now, same kind of thing, but the relationships that they have with their students. What do you think? Well, I'm going to go back to what I said before. I think that you have to be genuine – I think you have to be transparent, and I think you have to be reflective. But for students, I would also add that you need to be vulnerable. Students who see you as a fellow human being and see how their behavior, whether that's positive or negative, impacts you are going to develop more empathy, and it will be easier, not easy, but easier to get them on board with what you need them to be doing. One thing that I've done for the past few years is something that we call Circle Up. It's part of restorative practices. It's a short morning meeting where we gather in a circle and we share together. Sometimes it's a very serious conversation, but most of the time it's for community building, team building, and just getting to know you. So for example, all of my students could tell you what my husband's name is. They could tell you the names of all my kids. They know my grandson's name. I'm sure if they really thought about it, they could probably tell you the names of my pets if they really wanted to. They can't do this because I just talk about myself all day, but because in the natural course of these meetings, we all share. And even though we don't always do them for a long time, they're five or 10 minutes, they get to know me outside of that role as their teacher. This makes it so much easier for me to maintain those powerful and positive relationships because there's already a mutual respect established. I have been extremely vulnerable with my students during circles when it's necessary, and it helps them to see that even adults sometimes struggle with the things they're going through. You don't have to go through it alone, and it makes a world of difference for an eight or nine-year-old child or a middle schooler or a high schooler to realize that they have an entire classroom full of people who care about them. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I appreciate that very much. You know, it's funny you say that because we uh, sometimes at our school, we do these PBIS events where uh, the students will be involved in like Quizlet live quizzes. And we actually ask them questions about their teachers. And recently, uh, some of the sixth grade teachers at my school, I remember saying, I think the kids already know a lot about me, you know, and, and I, I love that. And as a classroom teacher, that's something that I really believed in as well, like being myself and sharing a lot of myself and even, you know, my personal life, not too much, but uh, sharing stuff about me with my students. Like, uh, for example, my students could probably have told you how I'm, I have a twin brother. And again, like you said, like the names of my kids and, and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm with you on that. So we talked about relationships between administrators and staff or leaders and their followers. We've talked a little bit about classroom teachers' relationship with their students. What about teachers with other educators? How can teachers build and maintain those positive and collaborative relationships with other educators? Well, I think you're going to notice my theme here is transparency and authenticity. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, people know when you're being fake. People know if you're just trying to answer because they want you to answer that way. 
So if we know how to share just enough of ourselves so that other people start to feel comfortable to share just enough of their self, then we can start to get that ball rolling and people will be more willing to share and be vulnerable. Um, the best way to do this is to learn how to listen. So many people listen to respond. Think about this the next time that you're having a conversation with someone and watch their eyes. You'll probably see about halfway through what you're saying that their eyes will change because they really stop listening to you. They're hearing you, but they're not listening because they're, they're mentally forming a response to what you've just said. I have been very guilty of this. When we learn to actually listen fully and be present in the moment, it really goes so far toward maintaining relationships with our colleagues because they're going to learn that you're someone who's trustworthy, but also thoughtful and reflective in your responses instead of someone who just responds off the cuff with the first idea that pops into your head. I also personally think that being a connected educator has helped me to maintain relationships with other educators because the connections that I've made in my virtual PLN have absolutely impacted my in-person PLN because I can bring ideas back and forth between the two to share. And when other people learn to be connected and do that too, you're sharing, you have this vulnerability, you have this willingness to be open. But I would add at the end here that I think you have to be humble. There's nothing worse to me than a teacher who thinks everything they're doing is perfect because we all have room to grow. And so when you have a little bit of humility and realize your ideas aren't the only ones out there and you're open enough to admit that you aren't always right, it's going to go a long way toward building those positive relationships and getting people to want to collaborate with you. There was so much there. And, uh, you know, I, I got to be honest and, and tell you that uh, and, and for anyone listening that I always go back and I and I not only do I edit these uh, episodes before they get published, but I, I do listen when after they get published. And it's not because I want to hear myself. It's because I still want to learn and grow from the guests that I have on the show. And that is an answer right there where I'm going to listen to it and then go back and rewind it and listen to it a couple of times because I love so much of what you said. But what I really love and I, I, too, am so guilty of this. Is that piece about um, like forming the the responses to someone's questions or comments while they're still speaking? And you know, I, I feel myself doing it, and I am going to be very conscious of that now. Like you said, moving forward, because uh, that is really important. Being a good listener and, and an active listener. So, thank you for that. Uh, lastly. And uh, the reason why I, I wanted to speak to you and get you on the show is because I love hearing about how you invest and how much you invest of yourself in your students. And I know this is difficult for you because you've touched the lives of so many kids over the years. But if you could provide an example maybe of a time when uh, that meant a lot to a student or, their, or maybe their family where just you go in that, that extra step, that extra mile really touched them. Well, I, this is a difficult question for me because I actually can think of several right off the top of my head without having to even practice. Sure. Yeah, sure. I think when I was thinking about this question before, the one situation that really popped into my mind was this situation that actually happened last year, third grade, and I had this boy and his mom, and it was just him and mom and his big brother. And mom just, she came to meet me right before school started. She had come to open house. She was very open with me about the concerns that she had about her child's behavior. And I just maintained that openness with her. I would call her. I would give her my contact information so that she could call me. And about halfway through the school year, she popped in in the morning and she was visibly upset. And so I dropped everything that I was doing 
and gave her my time. And I'm so glad that I did because something very, very scary and difficult was happening in her home. And I could tell when she started talking that she just needed somebody to listen to her. So I did. I had a million things to do. I dropped everything and listened to her. And because I had already built that relationship with her by just being there and being open and being somebody who shared myself with the kids that I knew he would go home and talk about me to his mom. So she put a chance out there and trusted me. And I was able by listening to her and helping her, I was able to get her and her child the help they needed to get through the situation. And at the end of the year, when um, it was time for the kids to start thinking about going on to the next grade and she found out that I was transferring, she cried because she's like, I really wish that you would go back to teaching fourth grade because I want him to be with you because you're like his school mom. You're so much more than just a teacher to him. And I, I don't think that we can discount how one tiny thing that you do can really make someone's day and it can really change the path that they're going on. And to me, that's why I do what I do. Because sometimes teaching is hard. Sometimes it's really tough. But when I know that I've touched somebody in that way and helped them through a really difficult situation, it makes me realize that I was meant to do this. Yeah, I love that. That's why we do what we do, right? And and that's really to me that, that why I do this show. Uh, you know, it's called Leader of Learning for for a reason because teacher leadership and educational leadership in general means so many things. And I like to tell people listening and on almost every episode that uh, being a leader of learning means that you can lead regardless of what role you're in or what title you have. And and I think you're doing that every single day. So uh, thank you so much for giving me some time and coming on and answering some questions. And really just getting to the heart of what it means to build those positive relationships. Uh, so I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And before you go, you're welcome, by the way. If, before you go, if you want to just drop in how people might be able to connect with you on Twitter, Voxer, anywhere that, that you're at, because uh, I know you said that you value being a connected educator. So uh, go ahead, provide that information if you could. All right. I am definitely available on Voxer. You can reach me at J-R-E-B-J-0-0. That's all my husband's and my, my kids' names, by the way. <laughs> okay. um, and then at Raywood on Twitter. It's R-A-Y-E-W-O-O-D. Well, thanks again. And uh, I just really, really appreciate your, your thoughts, your opinions, and sharing all the stuff that you shared, even getting a little personal with that last question. So I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks again, Ray, for coming on and leaving us with so much great and valuable information about building and maintaining strong relationships. I mentioned at the top of the episode that I was excited for my listeners to hear this, but I'm also true to my word that I'm going to go back and re-listen to parts of this episode that I learned so much from and where and when Ray's words really resonated with me. I want to thank you, of course, so much once again for listening to this episode. The Leader of Learning podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, podcasts by educators, podcasts for educators. For more information, please visit edupodcastnetwork.com. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at dan at leaderoflearning.com or better yet, find me on Twitter or other social media at dkrinesss, D-K-R-E-I-N-E-S-S. To find more information, listen or subscribe to this podcast, you can visit leaderoflearning.com or search us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or anywhere where you can get access to a podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Once again, remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.